from Cleveland, Ohio. This is the Cleveland Stage Podcast with your hosts, Tyler Whitten and Ian Wolfgang Hins. All right, welcome back to the Cleveland Stage Podcast. I'm your co-host, Tyler Whitten, along with my co-host, Ian Hens. And we are coming to you live, recorded live, from the offices of Ensemble Theater. Uh, we're actually at the desk that I steal on a daily basis from Becca Mosley, our general manager. I always had a question about that. Is there any way to record something other than live? Like on a VHS tape or something? Well, <laughs> I mean, we're recording live, but they're listening to it taped. Recorded. I got, I got you. But we're coming to them live. We are live. We're alive. We are alive. <laughs> because it's theater. It's live. <laughs> it's live theater. <laughs> but it's just recorded live theater. <laughs> I got it. I got it now. Okay, I'm, so, I'm there. I'm with you. I mean, I feel like it's a good thing to clear up for the audience I just, who might be I've thinking. Always, I've always been curious about that. But tonight we're going to be live tonight on stage. For the opening. Yay, party balloons! Harry A. We'll fix this in the uh, (laughs) post-production. We'll have confetti cannons go off. (laughs) Or maybe you'll sing again. I'll sing (laughs) some show tunes. (laughs) If I can think of anything that is appropriate for from show, I think I only know like four show tune songs. I want to be in the room where it happens, (laughs) the room where it happens, the room where it happens. Well, that won't be on stage tonight. It'll just be Eugene O'Neill's The Harry Eight. So The Harry Eight, man, how's it feel? It feels good. I'm excited. I can't wait for for opening tonight. Looks like we're gonna have a good house. And this is always like the worst part of any production is like the hours leading up to opening, because you're just like, I just want to get it over with now. I just want to wash my hands and just let it live. Yeah, for me, it's it's a little bit more uh, involved as far as just finishing up tying up some loose ends. Yeah. Because it always seems to be loose There's ends. There's always loose ends. <laughs> never you always to... think, this is going to be the play where come Wednesday before opening, we're going to be ready to go, no problems. Yeah, yeah. it's it's that it's that uh, constant uh, will to just keep trying to make it better, I think. And that's the hardest part for me, is just letting that part go. You know, like in, in sports, we talked about sports a lot. In sports, you know, you've got it's time constrained, or in baseball, it's by innings. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's a defined beginning and an end, and I guess that's the same thing in theater to a certain extent. But um, there's the way you keep score is a lot different. So yeah. it's always really for me, it's always just been trying to make things better in the amount of time we have and, and being realistic about making them better. I mean, we're always moving the goalposts. Yeah. In plays, right? Yeah, and I and I think this show has really, in a lot of ways, been a a really great experience. For me, as a director, I mean, the cast is amazing. Uh, what Joe Mylan does on stage uh, as Yank, he's basically on stage for an hour and a half. And uh, speaking Eugene O'Neill's words for an hour and a half is not an easy feat by any stretch of the sure. imagination. And he really drives the play. And then the the uh, cast around him, the ensemble around him, is just strong top to bottom. I think the message of the play about... Hardworking people, tough people that really maybe get a raw deal, get a bum deal, and try to figure out, well, okay, where do I belong then? What is it? Who am I? You know, where do I fit in in this world? And I think that's the story they're telling, and I think it's powerful and moving. And, uh, you know, O'Neill subtitled the play A Comedy of Modern and, and Ancient uh, Times, and, you know, it's uh, it's a comedy in the sense that there are funny moments, <laughs> but 
But not to give away the ending too much for those of you who maybe haven't yeah, read it. Yeah, it's probably not a comedy. I, I wouldn't classify it as a comedy like in the old Greek sense. Yeah, you know what it is? Is it's like yeah, it's like a it's like a uh, it's it's more of a uh, comedy in the sense of like a a, a Chekhov comedy. You right. know, it's it's um, it's a commentary on our society for sure, and it's about Yank, this guy Yank, and his journey to to try to find himself again, um, and it really I think draws on our empathy as people and as an audience. And as artists, and it, and it challenges us to to confront our own empathy, right, within ourselves, mm-hmm. to look at ourselves and say, you know, I've felt this way before, and I've been angry about it, and it's because it's been unjust, I've been treated unjustly, and what do I do with that anger, and what do I do with that rage? And um, Yank is one of those rare characters in American drama that does not really self-censor himself if that's a way of putting it he doesn't he doesn't he there is no wall between what he is feeling in that moment and and in that face of injustice and the anger that he feels Mm -hmm. and he expresses that very clearly in the play i mean is there a little bit in his anger is it a little bit of um gosh like almost like an awakening yeah, I think is there's... Is there a bit of... Uh, he just there's, he almost instantly sees the world in a different way that he hadn't seen it before. He he comes to see that he doesn't belong in the world, Yeah, in a way. Uh, I think he comes to see that he feels at the beginning of the play like he fits in, mm-hmm. that, that he is a god yeah, he among... He knows his place, right? He's a god among these men, Yeah, right? Like, he is... that That is who he is, and he's proud of that. And that gets taken away from him. And the rest of the play is a journey for him to try to fix it, as he says. That'll fix it. Mm. He says a lot of that'll fix it. Um, and it is a very um, much a tos- testosterone-driven play. It's a, very much a play about the male um, impetus to aggression and the male um, ego and the fragility of that psyche, even though it's somebody who maybe looks like a steelworker or looks like a, a guy that could, you know really beat the hell out of somebody it's there's still a um a tenderness and there's still uh, a human being in there that can be injured and um we don't necessarily recognize that and i hope and in, in yank people will see that i think that that's to me that's really one of the big breakthroughs of this is this idea that this man who in a lot of ways is a god at the beginning of the play to his fellow workers and the people that he knows intimately um falls and becomes uh a shadow of what he was for no other reason than feeling like nobody listens to him Mm. or he doesn't belong somewhere or he doesn't understand that's another place of anger right you know i think it's something in our own society that we see i think people become desperate because they lose hope Mm -hmm. you know and it's in in a lot of ways it's the story of a man who um who travels down this this road in, into despair and into losing his hope. And, you know, I think that's how you end up with people like Donald Trump being elected president because there's enough people out there that have lost hope that they're really willing to latch on to anything. And yeah. I think we see that in Yank. He's trying to he's trying to latch on to anything. He just wants his life to make sense again. And he just he wants things to, to, to be like they were. Um, and, and every place he turns, he's either denied or uh, ridiculed or... 
um, ignored completely, you know, and, and uh, it's a, it's an emotional journey that I think we don't often see in contemporary dramas, um, so I'm really happy that we get a chance to do it. Great. I was able to talk with some of the cast members. About, you were? Yeah, I did. I did it without you. Hey, good job. I snuck away. <laughs> that way they could be honest. I finally went solo. <laughs> Well, and they were like, am I finally on? We, Don't talk to strangers with Tyler Whitten? I said, no. No, no. This is still a Cleveland Stage podcast. <laughs> we knew this was coming. We I knew just, this day was going to come. I, I, just, yeah. <laughs> I branched out. I wanted to feel feel my roots. Good. How'd that go? It went great. You know, uh, part of the reason I did it alone was because, uh, you know, I just wanted them to be able to feel like they can speak openly without the director, without Daddy watching over them. And sure. also, uh, you know, you were really busy. <laughs> Getting this play open. I was pretending to be busy. Yeah, I was well, just running around. There's a lot of that. A lot of that's, cursing. That's half involved. of it is just walking around, not doing anything, right. looking busy. Pointing at things. Yeah, that. Why is that that way? That right. should be left, not yeah. right. Yeah. Just, just pointing One more go, quarter turn on that. that nut. Gosh darn it. <laughs> These lights seem right to you? Are we getting enough power to the lights? <laughs> yeah, it's all of that. Anxiety. So we're going to uh, we'll listen to uh, James Rankin, our old friend. Yeah, I love James. Uh, right He's now, great. and we, he had a few uh, playing nice longs. James plays yeah. long and mm-hmm. is also in the ensemble. He does a really great job. Yeah. So here's uh, my talk with James Rankin, uh, one of the ensemble members in The Hairy Ape, opening November 17th. That's tonight at Ensemble Theater, directed by my co-host Ian Wolfgang Hins in that hat. Uh, so here is James Rankin. All right, I'm sitting here with James Rankin, an actor in The Hairy Ape. Hi. Opening November 17th here at Ensemble Theater, and we're coming live, recorded live in the dressing rooms <laughs> at Ensemble Theater. James, this is uh, your, and I, I counted before we started this interview, but this is your uh, 127th performance here at Ensemble. <laughs> wow. That would be insane. That, that would be insane. That would be crazy. That, How many is this now, do you think? Oh, or do you know? Uh, in terms of shows or like number of performances? Shows. Some, shows? Productions. Uh, I don't know, maybe around 10, maybe more than 10. Yeah, it sounds like more than 10. Yeah. Your first show here was what, Lefty? Waiting for Lefty, yeah. yeah. And then you moved dance. to uh, My Play. Dancing with Ned, yeah. And then... Beyond the Horizon, Great Gatsby, Iceman Cometh, mm-hmm. just random. Just yeah. a, a lot of things. A lot of things. So let's talk about Harry Ape, and who are you playing? Uh, I play Long in Harry Ape. Which is who? Uh, Long is a socialist. He's, he's, he's one of the stokeholders. Uh, he's a pretty hardcore guy. I mean, I don't know. He's, he's not really hardcore at all. He's kind of a doofus. They call him yellow a lot. But he's, he's educated. He's driven. He just wants to teach and inform and, and show everybody else that there's a there's a better way to go about getting what you want in the world and they tend to not listen to him he's, he's one of the three sides of the coins and how has it been working on the Harry ape lovely lovely um, it is really good to work with Ian again was this your third production with Ian oh uh, yeah I mean lefty Iceman. No, fourth. Iceman and Gatsby. Oh, Gatsby. Yeah, so this is my this is my fourth production with Ian. I love working with him. I, I love, and I love working with the, the core cast that's been pulled in for this show. A lot of the people I've worked with before. And Ian is just so good at stre- giving you a note to stretch you 
in just the right direction so you find what you need to bring back to the core of the character. Mm-hmm. So he's he's just lovely to work with. And how hard was it for you to get to the core of Long? Uh, a little tough. A little tough. Um, with O'Neill, I tend to go words first um, because... Sure. He's a very, very a good play. playwright. And yeah, it's a play. <laughs> That's what you do. And as I've been going through rehearsals, I've been testing out... Because the, the accent is written in the script, but it never says exactly what he is. Mm. It never says that he's actually British, or it never says he's Cockney or Northern or, or, or Southern or Wiltshire or Devonshire or whatever. Um, so I've been trying to really find the accent. And once I find the accent, because the physicality, I have an idea of where the physicality needs to be. I have an idea of what all my objectives and and actions are, but the voice needs to fall into place for me. And I, I did a lot of work on that last night, actually. And I think oh, yeah. I've come across what I think is the appropriate sound for his character, and that really informs a lot of my physicality. Frankly, a lot of it came when I shaved down and saw my mustache. Mm. And the moment I saw that, I was like, oh, oh, that's where I am. Okay. You kind of look like the posters of those strong man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the guy, the old... The hop, uh, yeah. Uh, 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 yeah. Eat your spinach, or whatever, <laughs> with yeah. the big arms. Not that you have big arms, but I mean the face. Yeah, no, the face, I mean, it's it's the, the handlebar mustache with the curl yeah. and the short buzz sides. It's a... Uh, it's a good look for you, man. Thanks, man. It's it's that uh, it's 1920s funny that British... for a play called The Hairy Ape, uh, everybody in the cast has shaved their head down, almost. Yeah, right? It is, it is funny. Well, I mean... There's a gorilla in the show. So. Well, don't give away the ending. <laughs> uh, so what's the play about for you? For me? You know, as I've been watching rehearsals and as I've been looking through the script, the idea of where you belong really strikes home for me, especially with a lot of the things that are going on in my personal life. So I'd, as I've been walking through the play and watching the character of Yank go on his journey of where he belongs. It's it's really made me question a lot of things in my life. So it's in terms of how I personally feel, the show is really informing me in that sense. In terms of the show, I the journey is so much fun. So yeah. much fun. We, we've talked a lot about that in regards to this play. Like it, it really does sort of represent Cleveland in a lot of ways, right? This idea, I mean, I grew up here, so... This idea of being the city that was always kind of beaten down upon, made fun of. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of pride here. There's a lot of, you know, we, we were the steel mills. And we were the one of the cities that kind of built America through that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think Yank and a lot of the stokeholders uh, represent that in a lot of ways. Uh, and this journey of where do we as as a city like Cleveland, where do we belong in the grand scheme of things? You know, how do we fit into the uh, American identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, um, you know, Yank's journey is certainly uh, representative of that. No, I, I would agree with that. I, I totally would. I also think that the class argument that happens in Harry, the, the, the commentary that my character in particular uh, guides throughout the play, and he tries to teach Yank a little bit. He says, I want to awaken your bloody class class consciousness um i I think that that's really important for my generation to to really tap into to remind us where we do fit and where we belong 
And who's keeping you down? Yeah, and who's keeping you down? Who do you have to fight against? And how? What's the most appropriate way to go about it? Violence isn't going to be the answer ever, but understanding is of vast importance. If you're not aware of your situation and your circumstances, you're not going to be able to combat it. Yeah, you know, I think this play—it's amazing that it's you know almost 100 years old. It's what 95 years oldish. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I think. You know, these themes are still prevalent today, if not even more so today. No, I would completely agree. And some of the things that these uh, men have have to face up to in this kind of lifestyle are things that people nowadays would never be exposed to. So I, I think it's also an important mirror to hold up to be like, this is what it was like mm -hmm. to a degree. And the kind of things we have to face now are nowhere near as bad sometimes. Yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways... You know, we always talk about, Ian and I do, about the differences between, like, theater being a mirror mm -hmm. to society and showing you who you are versus uh, theater as the window towards a different culture or a different story that we wouldn't hear otherwise. And I think this is kind of the, the combination of both, right? It's a window into a different era, but you can still see your reflection in the window, yeah, so to speak. Like, yeah. you're almost superimposing today onto this story from 95 years ago. Well, that's a really good way of looking at it. I completely agree with that in terms of the show. It really is both. It really is. It's a mirror and a window. And so what can audiences expect when they come see The Hairy Ape? Oh, I think they can expect focused work from a solid ensemble and some solid actors. It's some of the best work I've seen some of my friends do in this cast ever, really. Mm -hmm. um, and what about story-wise? Story-wise, it's clear as a bell to me. I mean, it... it there hasn't been a moment in rehearsals where I haven't understood what was happening. Everything makes sense. Even even the metaphors and the symbolism and the expressionism and the impressionism. Everything is everything is clear. Everything has a point. It, it really does make sense. It's, it's rare when you get to, within the first week of rehearsals, recognize that the show is actually really good and that the cast is perfect. And when I realized in the first week and a half or so that everything made sense and that Ian had a very strong direction and that the cast was working within his ideas well uh, and positively. And I, I became exhilarated, I think is the yeah, best way sure. to put it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's rewarding to work on a good play, yeah. a good production. Yeah, so I think the audience can expect an awesome time. I mean, we have a lot of fun and rehearsals and it's only like 80 90 minutes long it's, mm -hmm. it's not that bad yeah it's great well thanks for coming on thank james you. rankin to the cleveland stage podcast thank you tyler Witten. uh enjoy the rest of your time rehearsing i know you guys open in a couple days so mayored yeah thanks yeah all right nailed it uh, it becomes a cinema verite. All right, so there's uh, there's James Rankin talking uh, for a few words about uh, the hairy ape. You know, and one of the things that we just heard James talk about, and we talked about this in regards to themes of the play mm -hmm. and how it speaks uh, to Cleveland. Uh, and you know, and from your standpoint, this is as we dis as we discussed with James. Uh, you guys have worked together several times. You know, what yeah. does that do for you as a director when you take on a play like Hairy Ape and you have cast members? who you have personally worked with before? Uh, I mean, it makes a world of difference, and I think that's the whole idea of having the ensemble and the ensemble yeah. theater name. I mean, I think working with actors that you've worked with before, we've, I've worked with James on a number of shows, Iceman Cometh, uh, Jerusalem, 
just he's which I think we skipped. Did he mention Jerusalem in that talk? I don't remember. He did, we did mention uh, Iceman. Iceman, uh, Lefty. Yeah, Lefty and Lefty's very similar to this play too. Yeah. Waiting for Lefty by Clifford Odets, and that was the first time I worked with James, um, and that was way back in two thousand and eleven. So, you know. Uh, having that personal relationship with actors over such a long period of time really gives you the opportunity to work with them in a shorthand mm-hmm. and to trust them and to trust them in a way that... Yeah, I mean, I think it's like you said, it's the language too, right? It's knowing each other's sort of yeah. how, you, how you describe things, how you talk about things. And their process, yeah. right? Like, you know, you know when, I, when you work with an actor for the first time, you're kind of trying to feel out their process. And so um, sometimes you're, you don't want it to be necessarily a long a long uh, process. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this. Take it. We're in the office. We're this is the... live. In the... Hi, thanks for calling Ensemble Theater. This is Tyler. Can I help you? All right, thanks, Shelly. Thank you. Bye-bye. Buy tickets next time, Shelly. Hey, Shelly, this is not what you think this is. <laughs> All right, so, um, yeah, well, working but, with them. and yeah. Well, working with, the, with actors that, that you have developed that relationship, you have a shorthand, you have the vocabulary, you have the process that they are... Um, going through a little bit more hashed out in your mind as a director. So, for example, with James as long, it's a lot easier to say, okay, just keep working on it because I know you'll get there eventually. Just mm-hmm. keep trying things and giving him that permission because you have that, you know, you have that relationship and you know that they have your best interest at heart and, and, and you have their best interest at heart and that, that trust is already established. So it makes it... It makes it much easier to work together, and it's been, and it's also great to watch artists grow over time, yeah, and see where they where they've started, and 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 as they keep doing it. And James has is an example has really gone out and worked all over and done as much work as I think he can do because he's been very dedicated to his craft, and you see that growth over time, and that's just a really enjoyable thing to watch. Yeah, you know, I don't think in two thousand eleven, I don't think he could have maybe played a role like Long. I don't think he had that. I don't think he had that capacity at that time. And he just... barely played the role of Joe and Lefty. <laughs> um, that's a joke. He was great. He was great. He was great. But in fact, I was Joe and Lefty. I don't remember what his character name was. <laughs> it was, you know, that was he was he was a really young a young actor at that time in Lefty, and I think that was a good role for him then. Mm-hmm. And this is a great role for him now and Long. Um, and you know, I think it's just it's great to see. It's great to see the, the the local Cleveland artists that stay here, and make an effort and commit to working at, at places like like Playhouse and James has worked at Obama and mm-hmm. Beck Center. I mean, he's really worked all over town. Uh, coming out of Tri C, the Tri C program too, which is is also an, you know, really an unheralded program that gives a lot of people opportunity to to get a foot in the door mm-hmm. and work and work around town. So. I love James. He's he's a really great actor, and he's a great guy to be around, and he's just a really good person in general. So great. Well, we'll be talking with more of the cast throughout the run of the Harry Ape here at Ensemble Theater. Yeah, I'm interested to hear what they have to say. So this will be good. You yeah, this probably... will be a fun little surprise for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is uh, I'm Tyler along with my co-host Ian Hens, and don't forget tonight, eight o'clock. We open the Harry Ape. There are buy one, get one offers all over mm-hmm. the place. So BOGOs this weekend, Saturday as well, a BOGO. So you buy one ticket, regular price. You get the second ticket for free. And mention the Cleveland Stage podcast for a high five at the hi- door. Yeah, if you get, the, and we'll give you a pen. Nice. Yeah, we'll give you a pen. If you mention the Cleveland Stage podcast, we'll give you a pen. 
And then Sunday <laughs> is maybe my favorite day, which is the pay what you can performance. So that oh, means yeah. you got you got a nickel in your pocket, you got two bits in your pocket, you can come in and see the show. Come so. in and see a show, so that's great. Buy local. All right, so this has been the Cleveland Stage Podcast. As always, thank you for listening. Uh, And if you are listening to us on your favorite podcast platform, please rate the show and subscribe on iTunes. And follow Ensemble Theater at Twitter, at uh, at Ensemble Theater ER on the Twitter sphere. Correct. And uh, join us at uh, EnsembleTheaterClee.org. That's it. Thanks, Tyler. My pleasure. Thank you, Ian. Goodbye, y'all. See ya. All the world's a stage. Get hairy with it. Oh, shave it off.